Well, Washington is almost assuredly going to play in the Pac-12 championship game. Will they lose before then? You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon to be mostly team free. But until then, beloved and loaded Conference of Champions, like, comment, and subscribe, rate, and review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Shout out to Cal Men's Basketball, by the way. First win in the Mark Madsen era. The Bears are 1-0. and So let's talk about football here. Washington is 9-0. and And I've talked about them here on the show, though not enough for some people's liking. People were very upset on Saturday. Very, very, very upset. Washington is a 9-0 and football team. And I talked about on Saturday after they beat USC, what impresses me the most about them right now is that they are winning football games in a variety of ways. It isn't always pretty. The offense was bad against Arizona State. The defense was pretty bad against USC. The defense wasn't great against Stanford. But you know what those three games have in common? Washington won them all. They've won 16 games in a row. They have not lost since, I think it was week, like seven, six or seven of last year against Arizona State inexplicably. As a two-touchdown favorite, they haven't lost a football game since then. You're not going to blow out everybody week after week after week. It just doesn't happen at any level, whether that's Power 5, Group of 5, FCS, Division 2. When you're a really good football team, you got to be able to win in more than one way. And Washington can win in more than one way. Now, at their best, Michael Penix is slinging it all over the field. He's got Jalen McMillan there. Roma Dunze is a stud. And he's going for 350 to 400 yards, and they're putting up 45 to 50 points and winning the game by 20. But what they showed against USC is, yeah, yeah, we run the ball better than people think. Now it's USC's run defense. It's not great. But if Washington was truly a bad running team, they wouldn't have been able to run it at all. So I think that element is, at the very least, better than people give it credit for. And I thought against Arizona, they ran the football pretty well. So when you look at Washington, I cannot see a world in which they lose more than one game between now and December 1st, which is the Pac-12 championship game, where they will be playing. There are three games remaining. Two of them are at home, where they are a difficult team to beat, to say the least. Utah, this week, they're about a nine-point favorite. I'm just kind of letting that simmer out there because, you know, the the temptation is to go right with Washington, Right. And then you remember, "Ah, but it's Utah. Yeah, but Washington also just keeps winning football games. I'll have my pick on that later in the week, fear not. Utah at home, Oregon State on the road, Washington State at home. The Cougs are scrapping, fighting, and clawing to make a bowl game this year. Washington has higher aspirations and is the better overall football team. They're the more talented team, and they're playing much better. I don't care what happens against Utah and Oregon State. Washington could lose both of those games. And I'm still going to pick them to cover against Washington State at home because I think they're going to win that football game by a lot. So that begs the question. Utah and Oregon State, can Washington lose one of those games? Absolutely. Absolutely, that is possible. 
Because I have been a fool on this very show before and underestimated Kyle Whittingham. I've also been less of a fool at other times on this show before and not underestimated Oregon State at Reeser Stadium. Now, remember, in the midst of this winning streak, Washington has played several close games. One of them was against Oregon State last year in Seattle. Crazy win game. It wasn't raining, but it was really, really windy, and it was a bit bit hectic. But Ben Goldbranson was really, really close and had Jonathan Smith just kicked a couple of field goals, perhaps, that were in chip shot sort of range instead of going forward on fourth down, Oregon State might have won the football game in Seattle. And this is an Oregon State team that is completely different home and road. Completely different. I think that's the more likely the two games that Washington loses. The question is whether or not that will happen. I certainly cannot see a world in which they end up any worse than 11-1 and this year in the regular season and playing in the Pac-12 championship game, I think Washington is going to win at least one of those games. And it's more likely that they lose or that they win all three than they would lose two. I just can't see it with the way they're playing and the multitude of ways in which they have shown that they can win. Now, the question is, what's the formula here? Arizona State tried to do it with defense. Oregon is a very balanced team. Couldn't get it done situationally against the Huskies. USC tried to play a shootout. That didn't work. Stanford tried to, I guess, kind of play a shootout as well. They couldn't win. What do you do? What do you do? It's going to come down, if someone's going to beat Washington in the regular season, to can you execute at a high level in key moments? That's what it'll come down down to. You're not blowing this team out. You're not catching them on, on a bad day. And all of a sudden, you're going to beat them by a bunch, like USC or Oregon in 2021, for instance. Utah housed that team twice in three weeks. You're not doing that with this Washington team. They've shown vulnerabilities. They've shown that you can move the ball on their defense. USC did so at a really efficient rate last week. The Trojans ran for, and they're a good rushing team, not a great one, but a good one. They ran for 203 yards on seven and a half yards a carry. It was not a great defensive effort from Washington on the road last week. When you look at the two teams that they are playing in the next two weeks, Utah and Oregon State, those two teams, what do they like to do? Run the football. They like to run the football quite a bit. Now, the problem comes at the quarterback position and why it's so easy to see Washington ending the regular season 12-0. Because Bryson Barnes... We know has limitations. Capable, competent. There's a ceiling. Saw that against Oregon. Oregon State, DJ Uyunglele. Better than Bryson Barnes. Capable, competent. Can make some wow throws every now and then. Also has a lot of games where he completes 50% of his passes. But that's tended to happen on the road. Not always at home which is why that game next week in Corvallis is so highly intriguing. The Bees will be playing their second straight at home, their last home game of the year. It's going to be quite the battle. And I think Washington fans know that full well. But those two teams are so interesting to me because what you can do against this Washington team is you can run on them. That much is very clear. Oregon went for, I think it was 240 yards or so. USC went for over 200. You can run on this Washington team. And those two teams love to run the football. And so I don't have questions about whether or not they can score points to win the football game. I wonder whether 
one of those teams can execute in critical spots at a high enough level because that's what Washington is doing, whether it's defensively getting the stop against Arizona State, offensively moving it down the field every chance they got against USC, defensively making something work against Stanford, catching a break, and then offensively going right down the field, scoring a touchdown, nine-point game, game over. That's what it's going to come down to. They, they can lose. They absolutely can. Hard to pick against them at home. I think Oregon State is the best chance for them to lose in their final three games. Maybe something gets crazy in a rivalry. I just think Washington State, unfortunately, is too down right now. If the Cougs are able to you know, find some momentum, then I mean, maybe they could make it interesting. I, I just don't see enough from that Washington State team. If they get back to the level they were at earlier in the year, sure, it could happen. Feels like that opportunity has kind of passed the Cougs by, unfortunately, for our friends up in uh, Pullman. So, will Washington lose before Las Vegas? You tell me. They're getting there. There's no, they're, they're not losing two of the final three. They're going to be there. Who are they going to play? Well, some teams are still hanging around. Some teams are still hanging around. It's not a guarantee that it's Oregon, though they'd certainly be the favorite to match up with the Huskies in Las Vegas. If you like that matchup one way or the other, you can bet it at FanDuel because they've got everything you need over there. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. That's it. Doesn't matter who they're playing. You go bet Alabama against Chattanooga next week. Yeah, that's a thing that's happening at this stage in the college football season. Pretty ridiculous, isn't it? It is, indeed. But you could benefit from it. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, another question that pops up with regards to Washington going to Las Vegas, is who are they going to be playing, right? Oregon certainly looks like the team to beat in that regard. Oregon this week against USC is up to a 16.5-point favorite. That's a lot of points. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. We'll talk about that later in the week, though. But Oregon has got two of their final three games at home, as does Washington. They play USC this week, who's going to be unranked and Oregon's big favorite, at Arizona State. They have a stingy defense and also just lost 55 to three against Utah, a team that Oregon beat 35 to six. But hey, college football is weird. And then they host Oregon State. I think that Oregon State game is probably the toughest game the Ducks are going to play. There's going to be some added pressure. You can argue it's motivation as well for Oregon after the way the Civil War went in 2022. But Oregon State's a good football team. Still good. Just kind of sitting there seven and two, ho hum. They're just hanging out. Having having a good time. Not a, not a great time. Not a great time in Corvallis. They wanted to be having a better time, but they're having a good time. Still alive for the Pac-12 championship game. So whether or not Oregon gets stopped, I think depends on whether or not Oregon can stop making self-inflicted mistakes. You know, last week, Cal scored a touchdown because Oregon snapped the ball into a wide receiver running in motion. Cal scoop and score. Oregon had 99 penalty yards last week. The penalties have been a big problem. Those are the areas, that, in addition to Oregon's kicking game struggles, that have really plagued them the last few weeks. Those have been the areas that they need to clean up. The offense looks really good. The defense looks really good. But those areas, those are the ones that, you know, there's nothing the other team is doing. Kickers just missing kicks. Poor execution on a snap. 
penalties all over the place, been a consistent problem. I think if Oregon plays at their best the next three weeks, they'll win those games and meet Washington. And then no one can, no one can stop Oregon from getting there because Oregon's sitting at five and one in conference play. Washington is a perfect six and O the Huskies are going to get there no matter what, even if they lose to Utah or Oregon state who have a path to getting there. The key to somebody else getting to the Pac-12 championship game against Washington is Oregon has to lose. It doesn't matter really who it's to because that opens up an avenue, but Oregon state could put themselves in that position if they're able to beat Washington to play Oregon for the right to go to Las Vegas. There's a world in which that happens because Oregon State doesn't play USC in the head-to-head, but USC at that time would probably have three conference losses anyway, at least. And then Oregon State would have a head-to-head with Washington, but that would really just keep the Beavs at two losses, give Washington one loss, but that really doesn't matter because then the Huskies are going to beat the Cougs. But then Oregon State could play Oregon, and if they win that game, everyone would be 7-2, and two, and Oregon State would have the head-to-head, so they would go to Las Vegas. That avenue is available, but Oregon State has to beat Washington first. They'll beat Stanford this week at home. They have to beat the Huskies next week, or they won't be able uh, to get there. So they're still in the mix. USC still technically in the mix. Hard to feel good about the Trojans. They did get rid of Alex Grinch. I don't think that can do anything but good things for USC. I mean, could it be any worse? That's the question. Could it be any worse? No. So if you make a change, I, I, I can't see it getting worse. If it does, that'd be a that'd be a miracle. It would be a miracle if USC's defense all of a sudden got even worse. So I think they can only get better, but I don't expect them to make some Herculean leap and all of a sudden go into Austin Stadium and hold Oregon to 20 points or something like that. So they could go in and outscore the Ducks, win in a shootout maybe, and catch the defense on a bad day. Certainly possible. Oregon's defense looks pretty good this year, though. So I think that Oregon's going to end up winning that football game. I think a lot of other people do as well. But technically, USC still alive. Still alive with three losses on the year. Arizona is technically alive. They don't play Oregon. They've already played Washington. They lost. But the same way that Oregon State can backdoor their way in if the Ducks were to drop a game, uh, you know, Arizona's four and two in conference play. Okay. Arizona four and two, Oregon State four and two, Utah four and two, USC five and two. Utah's path is pretty difficult. It's pretty difficult because they lost the head to head with Oregon State. So you would need Oregon to lose twice, once to USC and once to Oregon State. And then you would also need Oregon State to lose to Washington. That's how Utah gets there because they play Arizona later in the year. That's the big chance for Arizona to, you know, really cement themselves as a top team. I'm going to get to my Pac-12 power rankings after week 10 here in just a sec. But those teams are all technically in the mix. There is an avenue. They have not been mathematically eliminated of those teams getting to the Pac-12 championship game. Someone is going to play Washington. Right now it looks like Oregon. Guess what? There are still three games left in the season. You still got to play them. Everything on paper looks one way. Things in reality can often go another way. Just ask TCU, who in week one was a 20-point favorite against Colorado. So, where are the buffs going to be in the power rankings? My power rankings weekly have been you know, fairly consistent, I would say. There's a big change after the top two. My top two have not changed in a very long time. A very, very, very long time. 
because it's been Washington and Oregon, one and two, consistently. And I think everyone else sees it the same way. I don't know who else you could put at number two. I know Arizona's really good. I'll get to them uh, here momentarily, but it feels like it's Washington and Oregon. And I keep Washington at number one. Why? They won the football game. And I'm judging you based on your resume, for sure. How impressed I've been with your football team. What I think your potential is. All those things are coming into play. All of those factors coming together to give you a power rank of who I think the best teams in the conference are right now. So head-to-head matchups certainly matter, are not always everything context required, but they're a big factor. So Washington one, Oregon two. How about Arizona at number three? Of course Arizona's at number three. How can you not put them there? They lost to USC head-to-head. In triple overtime in Los Angeles and Arizona, by the way, by any objective measure, has a more impressive resume than USC. You're going to see that in the college football playoff rankings later today or tonight, depending on when you're listening to or watching this show. Arizona is going to be in the top 25. If they're not, I am going to throw an absolute fit. And USC is going to be unranked, and they should be. They deserve to be unranked. Their defense is atrocious not bad not below average it is atrocious it feels even worse than last year somehow which is amazing because last year it was you know pretty terrible but Arizona three straight ranked wins they're going to Colorado this week as a pretty sizable favorite Arizona could end the year nine and three are you prepared for that I am I am I predicted predicted them to be a seven win team before the season started and guess what they're at six wins right now Good work, Arizona. Props to Jed Fish. He's done a heck of a job. Took over a mess, a chaotic mess. Went 1-11 in his first year, and here he is, number three in the Pac-12 power rankings here on Lockdown Pac-12. Love that for the Wildcats. Number four, the team they just beat, Oregon State. Oregon State. Now, last week I had these flipped. I had Oregon State three, Arizona four, because ah, they played a coin flip game, you know, and uh, I think Oregon State might have made a different decision here and there. But then Arizona went out and beat UCLA, who was ranked going into the game, 27 to 10? At that point, once your resumes are that comparable, I'm going to go with the head-to-head. So Arizona 3, Oregon State 4, Utah at number 5. Just wait until Utah goes into Tucson and loses. Everyone's going to lose their minds. And I might take a victory lap again. USC is at number 6. I know, feels kind of high, little high, but it's actually not. It's not like they got blown out by Washington. It's not like they got blown out by Utah. They lost the games because their defense wasn't good. But they weren't uncompetitive. Caleb Williams is still ridiculously talented. Now, USC is not anywhere near where they thought they were going to be preseason, where I thought they would be preseason, frankly. I had them 10-2 and before the year. They're staring down the barrel of 8-4. and and, and frankly, UCLA is not, not exactly a pushover, though the Bruins, unfortunately, have got injuries with the quarterback situation, so that's a little bit tough. That's why I have UCLA below USC is, you know, Dante Moore leaves the game, Garbers is out. It's just, it's just a mess there. But they run the football, and they play really good defense. So I still think UCLA is a pretty solid team. I think they're only one slot ahead of Cal, though. I have Cal right there, uh, probably a little higher than most, but hey. Those are my California Golden Bears. And how about how about a team that is surging? A team that is absolutely surging, flying up 
the Pac-12 power rankings right now. You can be flying to Pac-12 football games with Game Time, which is the best way to get tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and views from your seat, their best price guarantee, Game Time, takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, and they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E. That's Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, we continue with the Pac-12 power rankings because UCLA is there at number seven, just below USC. I like UCLA's defense a lot more than I like Cal's defense, who I have at number eight. I like Cal's offense more than UCLA's offense. Crazy times. Think about this. If you're a Pac-12 fan going back to the 2010s or so, this is a real, honest, true statement. I feel better about Chip Kelly's defense than Justin Wilcox's defense. And I feel better about Justin Wilcox's offense than Chip Kelly's offense. What a time to be alive. That is bizarro Pac-12 football right there. UCLA 7, Cal 8. How about the Stanford Cardinal at number 9? The Stanford Cardinal. That is not a bad football. Okay, they're not a great football team. But they're not a terrible one. Competitive with Washington. Inexplicably lost to Sacramento State earlier this year. Do you realize, think about this. If the Cardinal had beaten an FCS team, a really good one in Sacramento State, where Troy Taylor just came from, if they'd won that game at home, the Cardinal would be fighting for bowl eligibility. That's crazy. That's crazy. I thought they'd go 2-10 and 10 this year. They're currently 3-6. and six. Maybe they end the year 3-9. and nine. But the Cardinal still have a shot at bowl eligibility. They have three games left. They've got Oregon State this week. They're going to lose, and it's you know all going to be for nothing. Then they have Notre Dame and Cal. I don't know. Stanford looks pretty good. I like Cal a little bit more, but man, Stanford looks not bad. Ashton Daniels is a player. Justin Lampson running the football quarterback, not bad. Colorado at 10. They just can't protect Shadour Sanders. Man, remember when Colorado was the epicenter of college football as described by Mark Jones of ESPN? Yeah, well, that was a thing at once at one point in time. College game day was there just to have Dion on TV. Yeah, they've gotten a little bit of a reality check here. I don't think Colorado's making a bowl game. I have Washington State at 11 and Arizona State at 12. Why? They played a game in which Arizona State outplayed the Cougs. Fact check, true. Arizona State also played a game against Utah in which they lost 55-3. to This is, look, we're splitting hairs here. I think the ceiling of Washington State 
is higher than Arizona State's. That's why I have Washington State at 11, ASU at 12. It is actually crazy that Wazoo, once upon a time, playing at a number three power ranking here on the here on Lockdown Pac-12 is all the way down to number 11. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know that we ever will again. So let's get to the mailbag to wrap up today's show. YouTube comments or Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. DMs and mentions wide open. Spencer, how's your long distance vision? This is from JT. Not JT Whistler, so locked on Utes. Which will be the top two teams in the Big 12 next season? So here's the thing. This is a difficult prognostication to make before you see an offseason. Because once upon a time, let's just take a random example. Washington was going into 2022 with, I don't know, Dylan Morris as their quarterback and a new... And then they added Michael Penix, and that changed the calculus a little bit. And and USC, once upon a time, added Caleb Williams. Yeah, that changed things a bit. And Oregon added Bo Nix. Yeah, that was different, too. A lot of things can change between now and next season. If I am looking at what I think are the two strongest programs going into next year, so... Those are the teams that I have the most confidence in. Give me Utah as the favorite in the Big 12. Absolutely. If Cam Rising comes back, Utes to win the Big 12. Good futures bet. 100%. The other program I would look at is Oklahoma State because Mike Gundy knows how to coach and win football games. They have, they said on game day last week, like the longest active streak of winning football seasons. They don't go under 500. Those two programs, those two coaches, long tenured, under the radar, can't get into the playoff, or at least haven't at this point in time, capable, but just haven't gotten there quite yet, haven't broken through, but never bad, always good, and sometimes great. They resemble each other a lot. And so on principle, I'd go with those two. But Utah, especially in the Big 12, is going to be just fine. They're going to be just fine. And if Cam Rising comes back, they're the favorites. They've got to be the favorites in the Big 12. I don't know who else you could have in there. I mean, Kansas State is fine. I'll take Utah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll lean on Kyle Whittingham there. I think that's the way to go. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.